my story, just, just to give you guys a, a little bit about me, um, I'm, I'm sure that some of you guys, you know, you, you know my dad, but then you look at me and you go, who is this guy with the weird shirt and the crazy beard and, you know, what's he going to say and what's he going to do? And I just want you guys to know that um, whether you knew it or not, we're family. So I'm sorry, you're stuck with me. Uh, I'm like that weird cousin that only shows up at Thanksgiving to eat your food and then get out of here. So like I said, I've been, I've been in youth ministry for about, for about 12 years. And my story is just one where I stuck around. You know, um, there's nothing other than, other than obviously God, God called me and positioned me. I've always said there's nothing like so special about me that God chose me because of how amazing I am or how awesome I am. The truth is that, that while I was under the, uh, the previous youth pastor, you know, we saw a lot of really anointed, really powerful, really charismatic people who were much, much taller than me and much better looking than me and much more eloquent than me uh, come and go on the team. And as, while they were kind of coming and staying for a little while and then leaving, I just stayed. I just stayed. And one day when it was time, they asked me to take over the youth group. And I thank God so much that he uses imperfect people who are just kind of willing to stay. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to say about you guys, and I'll get into the message in just a moment, but I see here like a totally faithful, loyal group of people. And you guys should be. You have amazing pastors. You guys have world-class leaders. I hope you guys know that, that you guys are blessed. I walk around this facility, and I get to, to hang out with, with your pastors a couple times a year at conference, and we get steak together, and we, um, good steaks, yeah, like real steak, like, like 1950s steak, um, and I want you guys to know there's something incredible happening here. There's something, there's something brewing in Hollister. On my way here from San Jose, there was a fire. There was like a ton of smoke. I could see it off in the distance, and it was so funny because you know, 101 was just slammed. And everyone was moving towards the fire. Everyone was driving towards the fire. And nobody was getting off. And I started, as I, when I got here, and I drove in the smoke, and it was crazy, and you could see the flames right by the freeway. And uh, when I got here, suddenly, like, I just felt in my spirit that there's another fire in Hollister. And people are going to be flocking towards that fire. I think this house is a house that is going to consume Hollister for Jesus Christ. And I have, I have a word for you guys. Are you ready? Are you ready? Um, I want to introduce you guys first off to, to my family. Uh, you know my dad, but but I want to show you guys a couple pictures uh, of my beautiful girls. The one on the right is my wife, April, and she really wanted to be here tonight, 
but I told her not to because I get too distracted when she is sitting in the front row. She is a beautiful, she is amazing, and I would, I would just look at her and stop preaching. So she has to be, no, that's not true. We have, we have our youth service going on right now, actually, so she's at home running that while I'm not there. And then on the left, there's Chloe. Chloe, she is turning four next month. And she is a fireball. She is amazing. She is the light of my life. I mean, I'm just, somebody asked me, like, how many more kids I wanted. And I said, that's hard, man, because, I mean, if all of them were going to turn out to be just like Chloe, I'd have ten more. Uh, She is amazing. She's got an attitude. And that comes right from her mom. Um, No, probably from me. Probably from me, but she's not here, so. But I just wanted you guys to, to kind of get a chance to see them and see a little bit more about me. I'm excited to be here, so so let me let me jump into the word. I wanna I wanna tell you guys a quick story. So I've been married now for five years. Uh, loads of wisdom, loads of marriage wisdom. Five years will will bring you. No, I'm pretty sure I have more to learn, but. But April and my story, you know, is kind of a different story. But I'm going to back up a little bit. Before, before I met April, I was in this other relationship. Uh, and you know the one before the one. Who here is married? Who here is married? The one before the one. Um, and thank God I have April now in my life. But this other, this other girl, uh, her name was Chelsea. And she was, she was nice enough. I really was into her and, and liked her a lot. Um, but for whatever reason, it just, we would fight all the time. She would kind of pick fights with me, and, and, and she, she started going to church with me for like a really long time. Um, and I think that she was kind of going to church because she knew that's what I was all about. But then after a little bit, you know, uh, you stop being on your best behavior, and she stopped going to church so much, and and uh, she knew that I hung out with, with church people. That's where my friends were. You know, in high school, uh, especially you hear this in youth group a lot, uh, students have what they call their church friends and then their, their friends. For me, my church friends were my friends. That was my life. Th- those were my people. And still to this day. And I think that, you know, Chelsea, she would she would feel really insecure about me hanging out with people other than her. She was what we call a clinger. Um, and so what that meant was if she had free time and I had free time, then that means we must be together. And she would kind of make me feel like guilty if I wanted to go hang out with some friends or, or go do something else or have alone time. And uh, one of the things that for years now I've, I've just really enjoyed doing, and maybe I shouldn't say this, this isn't super pastoral, but I like playing poker. Texas Hold'em, anybody? My man. Um, so, you know, just, just with friends, you know, and, and I take all their money and, you know, it's a good time. So every once in a while, probably once a month for, for years, I would get together with the guys and we would play poker. And after a little bit of dating Chelsea, I, 
I kind of stopped going because I knew that there was this thing that, that, she, that I just felt guilty about being with somebody other than her, about having a good time when she wasn't there. And man, I, I didn't realize until later how much that thing like jacked me up inside, that just dynamic, that unhealthy kind of thing, even, even to the point where I got out of the relationship with Chelsea. And I remember I started hanging out with April and getting to know her, and uh, you know we started dating. And I remember I was hanging out at her house one, one Sunday evening. And, and we were kind of talking, having a great time, and my phone buzzed. And so I look, and it's the poker chat thread saying, guys, game tonight, 7 o'clock, who's coming? And I just automatically, I just ignored it. Looked at it, put it down, and I kept engaging with, with April. And then, you know, because it's a chat thread, the phone kept buzzing. And after a while, April was like, who's texting you? And I said, nobody. And she said, okay. So we kept talking, kept hanging out, phone kept buzzing. She was like, Jordan, your phone is blowing up. Who, what's this about? And I said, nothing. Uh, some of the guys are getting together later tonight to play poker. And then I just like, I was going to keep going with whatever we were talking about. And she stopped me and she slowed me down. She said, wait, are you going to go? And I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to go. She said, well, why not? And I said, well, I'm here with you. And she said, Jordan, don't you love playing poker? Don't you love your friends? I said, yeah, but, you know, if I went, what would you do? And she, like, looked at me. And she said, who cares? Who cares what I'm going to do? You should, you should go play poker with your friends. And at this time, I kid you not, my lips started quivering. And my eyes began to swell with tears. And she was like freaked out at this point. Because she didn't know about, you know, all the, all the craziness that I'd gone through. And she said, Jordan. <laughs> she was like, you know, uh, she was like, uh oh, I, I hit something. And she said, Jordan, if you want to go, you should go. And I explained to her the whole thing with Chelsea and. But, you know, how if she was free and I was free with And she looked at me. While I was telling her this story, she was looking at me with such concern. And she just said, Jordan, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And that's not the way it's going to be with us. And when she said that, I just broke into the ugliest of ugly cries. It was like... It was like a healing, it was like a healing moment for me. I was sobbing. I, I have to admit, and I, this is embarrassing, but I was sobbing to the point where she felt the need to put her arm around me and like comfort me. And I was sure at that moment that she was going to break up with me. But it was a healing thing. It was a healing moment. And it was actually so healing because the very thing that damaged me 
the very thing that hurt me and that left me kind of broken was the thing that God used, a relationship, to heal me. And before, I would see relationships and I would just tense up. Before, relationships meant one thing to me. And then God said that I'm going to take that thing and I'm going to do something different with it. I want to talk to you guys on the subject of a different way. A different way. Can you guys say a different way? A different way. I want to talk to you today about the move of God in your life and how it might be coming to you in a different way than it came to you before. And I really believe that this is a a prophetic message for somebody in here tonight. I believe that God wants to get you out of your comfort zone and speak to you in a way that he hasn't spoken to you before. Maybe even use something that used to be a source of pain for you and turn it into a source of healing, a source of direction, and a source even of the power of God to flow in your life. God wants to move in our lives, but sometimes we can miss it. We remember the ways that God has moved before. We remember the ways that God has spoken to us before. So if we, if we allow ourselves, we can get stuck in looking for that one sign, looking for that one type of voice, looking for that one type of move that God has. We remember how he spoke before. We remember how he provided before. We remember how he rescued us before. And so when we get into a, a, a tough situation, we look at that way. But sometimes God wants to move in your lives in a different way. And I believe that this is going to speak to some of you tonight. And you know what I heard? I actually heard in Hollister, you guys get rowdy. So I don't know, I don't know what other guest speakers you guys have had, but, but I, I'm like one of those insecure guys. I need some feedback. So let's preach this together. Don't let me do this alone. If you hear something that you like, holler me down, say amen, say preach white boy, whatever you got to do. But, but I want to know, that you guys are catching what I'm saying. I want to know that you guys are catching what I'm doing. I believe that church should be one of the most exciting experiences of our lives. If we can get excited for a soccer game, or we can get excited and stand up and shout when we're at a football game or at the Super Bowl, I think that we can stand up and shout when we're at church. I think that if we can stand and shout and cheer for, for a sporting event, that when God is speaking to us, when God is moving, that we can cheer and we can shout amen and we can get excited for our God. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? All right, good deal. I know that you guys have energy. You guys are the Wednesday night crowd, okay? So I don't have to worry about your salvation. Okay, I know. Or maybe some of you in here are at church on a Wednesday because you need extra Jesus. But that's okay. Either way, either way, you guys are in the right place. God has called you here for a reason tonight. Okay, God's going to speak. Let's do it. Come on now. Even though God's character never changes, His tactics for moving in our lives do change. Does that make sense? He does this to keep us close to him. He does this to, to make sure that we don't get stuck just in, a, just in a routine. 
he changes the way that he speaks. He changes the way that he moves. Sometimes, you could, if you're anything like me, you get into a jam, and so you, you could say the same prayer the same way that you said it before because you think this is the way that I need to do it because this is the way that I prayed when God spoke before. When I was, when I was younger, I would go to bed at night, and before, I would say the same exact prayer Every single night. Did anyone do that when they were a kid? Does anyone still do that? Like, like I would have a good day, and then I'd go get in bed, and I'd go, I have to pray just the way I prayed last night so that tomorrow is just as good as today. It was like a routine. But God wants to shake things up in our lives. God wants to do something new. God wants to show you a different way. I've talked about this, and it's hard to accept because people like predictability. People don't like change. I don't think there are a lot of people that like change. I think some of us like what change does once we're forced out of our comfort zone, but we don't like change. And some people will say, well, isn't God the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Well, I don't think God would change the way that he does things. And to that, I would say, let me ask you this. What two categories is the Bible split into? The Old Testament and the New Testament. God changes his tactics. His character does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful He will always be there for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. All that is true. But he wants to get our attention. He wants to get at us the right way, the way that we need so that we can hear him. Galatians 3, 21 and 22 says this. Well, then are God's laws and God's promises against each other? If he has old and new, does that mean that his promises are against each other? Of course not. If we could be saved by his law, then God would not have had to give us a different way. God sees where we're at, and he says, this is how I'm going to help you. This is how I'm going to move you along in your life. I want to give you guys four thoughts on God moving in your life in a different way. And I could even, I could even imagine that, that as I'm talking about a different way because of that thing that I was saying that that people don't like change, you could think, uh, you know, it could be hard. It could be hard for you to to hear. And even maybe some of you, uh, some of the more more seasoned, might have a temptation to think, well, I've been around a lot longer than you have, Junior. And I know the way that God does things. I know the way that God moves. I know the way that God has, has called me. God has always done it this way. But I want you to think about this. When Moses saw that burning bush, he was 80 years old when God called him into his destiny. So so you're not done. God isn't finished with you yet. God hasn't used all of his tricks on you. God has more for you to see. God has more dynamics for you. 
God has more for you to do. God has more to say to you. God has more people for you to reach. If Moses was starting his ministry at 80, then surely God can speak to you and call you closer to him right where you are. So four thoughts on God moving in your life in a different way. The first thing that I want you guys to know is that God loves you and wants to move in your life. Let's just get that settled right now. God wants to move in your life. God is not mad at you. God is not through with you. You have not gone too far. You have not done too much. God wants to move in your life because he loves you so dearly. God actually doesn't doesn't ask us ever to be perfect in order to move in our lives. God doesn't ever ask us to be perfect. The only thing that he asks us is to make progress. I want you guys to remember that. Progress, not perfection, for the move of God, because he loves you so much. God loves you. God loves you. Someone in this room needs to hear that. God loves you. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Doesn't matter what you did last week. Doesn't matter what you did earlier tonight. God loves you. He wants to help you. It doesn't mean you can keep doing the thing that you've been doing. But that doesn't take away how much God loves you. So that's number one. God loves you and wants to move in your life. Number two, number two thought about God moving in your life in a different way is don't always be looking for the miracle. Be looking for the miracle maker. Don't just look, don't just look for the signs of movement. Don't just look for the signs of the spectacular. Because, because it's, it's the people who look for the miraculous. And I've heard that before. Probably some of you guys have heard that too. I just am looking for the miraculous. Well, why don't you look for the author of the miracles? We need to be, we need to be so determined for God to move in our lives that we almost are willing and say to God, God, I don't care about the spectacle. I don't care about, about the goosebumps. I care about you. And if, it's, if all I get to experience ever in my life is just your presence and me in an empty room, then that's all I want. But the good news is that God has miracles for you. God has miracles not just for you, but for other people through you. God has miracles for other people through you. Let me read to you from 1 Kings 19. This is, this is God, and he's talking to Elijah. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were tossed loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Now, this is 1 Kings 19. You guys know what happened in 1 Kings 18? It was the competition where Elijah called fire down from heaven to burn up the soaking altar and where hundreds of Baal's prophets got killed. So Elijah here just saw God move by fire coming down. And then in the next chapter, God says, let me show you a different way to hear my voice. Let me show you, you're used to spectacle. You're used to miracles. You're used to big. You're used to this. It continues. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah, the prophet of miracles, God wanted him to see a different way. God wants to speak to you, but he wants to show you a different way. He wants to show you more ways to see the move of God in your life so that when noise is happening, if you're used to noise, if you're used to noise, this is the Bay Area. So life is, is busy. We have like a spirit of busyness over us. You guys know what I'm talking about? We're like, when's the last time you asked somebody, how you doing? And they didn't say, oh, I'm just busy. I'm good, but I'm busy. It's like, what are you doing with your time? You don't have a job. What do you mean you're busy? I know, you know, as a youth pastor, I hear this from 13-year-olds. How you doing, Johnny? Uh, I'm busy. It's like, busy with what? Your snack pack? It's like there's a spirit of busyness. God wants, God wants us to be able to, in the midst of the fire, the earthquake, the windstorm, he wants us to be able to turn all that down and to tune in to what he's saying. Tune in to what he's doing in our lives. Because if we can't, we may miss the move of God. We may miss it. Sometimes we're looking for him to provide in the same way. To give us that same feeling. You guys ever like chased a feeling? Cranked up the worship music and you're like, give me the goosebumps, God! And you don't get them, and you're like, well, God must not be here. No, listen. Listen. Tune in. God, what are you doing? What are you saying? How are you speaking to me this time? What are you trying to get me to do? Are you trying to say something to me? Because I'll tell you what, God is always wanting to speak to you. God's always wanting to speak to you. But if we just go back to one to one way, then God just becomes kind of a service to us instead of a relationship. 
I remember when I got married and my wife said to me, I would just love it if every once in a while you bought me a gift. And I was like, done. So I put it in my phone. I, I literally have it in my phone. Once a month, I have it in my phone to remind me, flowers for April, and then small gift for April. A couple, And I would just like, I was like clockwork, man. I was getting her flowers, just getting her jewelry, just getting her tickets to things, just getting her clothes. And at first she was like, wow, like this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like her, her love tank was so filled. But then after a while, after a while, I, I noticed something was wrong. Married men, you know what I'm talking about? Where you notice something's wrong, but uh, you have no idea what it is or like how to fix it or what to do or how to bring it up or how to feel. So finally I said, babe, what's going on? You said, (laughs) you said get me gifts and now I'm getting you gifts and something's not happening. And she was like, Man, I would just love it if every once in a while you just spent time with me. And I said, okay. Done. Done. But also, time plus gifts equals smiley face or, or no more gifts and just time. She says, no, 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 no. I like the gifts. Now I want the time, okay? So I started spending time with her sitting with her. Tell me how you're doing. Turn off the TV. What is going on in your mind? And after a while, she was like really, really feeling it, really digging it. And after a while, I noticed something, you know, that that little creep again. And I'm like, babe, April, what's going on? I'm getting you gifts. I'm spending time. What's going on? And she said, you're spending time with me, but you're not like telling me how you feel. So I'm like, okay. So gifts, time, feelings. Got it. (laughs) You know, God is the same way. It doesn't come from the same place, but God is the same way. Once God has your gifts down, He wants your time. And then once God has your time down, then he wants your heart. And then once he has your heart, he wants, he has a honey-do list. He has things for you to go and do. We need to, we need to be roaring on all cylinders for how God wants to move in our lives, for how God wants to relate to us, for how God wants to speak to us. You know, April, when she has something going on in her mind, sometimes she'll come out and say it to me, but sometimes she'll just, like, wait for me to to read the signals. God's the same way. Sometimes God gets to a whisper because he wants to move in your life in a different way. You guys understand what I'm saying? Is is anyone getting anything out of this? this good? Okay. God wants to move in a different way. Number three, the number three thought on God moving in your life in a different way is check in with God. Check in with God. If if you have not seen 
God move in your life, if it's been a dry season, if it's been a season where you feel some distance, ask yourself, when's the last time I checked in with God? When's the last time I I had a sit down, had like a family meeting with God and said, God, how am I doing? How are we doing? Check in with God. Sometimes God wants us to ask him, God, are you doing something different? Are you wanting something different? When's the last time we upped our our relationship game with God? Well, for the last three years, every night before I go to bed, I've been reading a chapter a night. And I'm faithful and I'm loyal. Well, if it's been three years, maybe, maybe jump that up a couple chapters. Every day I spend 10 minutes in prayer. And I know, I get on my knees, I cry, it feels good, I pray, I know God hears me. But when's the last time you checked in and said, God, is that 10 minutes doing it? Is that 10 minutes still still enough? Or do you want me to dig the well a little deeper? Do you want me to dig the well a little bit more? Is there more down there? Is there more down there? I got to the water but I want to get to the oil. Check in with God. And then four, and my final point, is hear God and move. Hear, because because to hear God is not enough. But when God speaks to us, we have to move. We have to jump on to what he's doing. John 9, verse 4 says this. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Night is coming, so during the day we work. And then during the night. So there are times when we can move where God asks us, he gives us our task, he gives us what he wants, he gives us the message. But then there are times where if we don't get on it when he speaks, that we can no longer move, where we can no longer work. I got a a word recently that's really been sticking with me, and I feel like God wants me to give you that same word. And the word is this. You don't have time to hesitate. You don't have time to hesitate. God is a God of rhythms. Everything that God's created, he's created in a rhythm. Seasons, rhythm. Time, rhythm. The way the planets circle, rhythm. Day and night, rhythm. God moves in rhythms. So, when you have a woman who's been dealing with internal bleeding for 12 years, standing to the side, spent her life savings, probably ruined all of her relationships because she's so weak and she's spending so much time on her health and she just doesn't have the strength to hang out with friends. She doesn't even have the strength to get up probably. 12 years of internal bleeding. What does that do? What does that do to you? What does that do to your body? What does that do to your heart and to your mind? That, 
that woman was probably in a depression. And she was sitting there, and she had heard the rumblings of a man named Jesus who heals. And this man, Jesus, was surrounded, happened to be walking past her street, surrounded by a hundred people who wanted something from him. You guys know the story I'm talking about. And did you know that in that instance, Jesus was actually on his way to heal somebody else? So, so this woman is sitting, and Jesus starts passing by. And this woman could have easily said, I'm just too weak. I'm just too discouraged. I'm just too frustrated. I, I just can't get through that crowd. I just can't get past my pain and past my hurt. You know, this woman said that she had spent all of her money on all these doctors, and they left her worse than when she started. Sometimes our wounds can get so in the way of us pursuing God and God moving in our lives. And you know what? If that woman had hesitated for too long, Jesus would have passed her by. Maybe she wouldn't have had the strength to chase after him. So when Jesus was in the right spot, she said, now is my time. I see God moving, and now I have to act. So she jumps up. She gets through the crowd. And you know what? Some of the, some of the translations of the Bible say that, that this woman touched the hem of Jesus' robe. You know what that tells me? I haven't heard of a robe with like a hem up here. or like Hems are down here. So that woman probably got stepped on. That woman probably crawled and desperately got to Jesus and just touched the hem of his robe. And that was when he moved. When you see God moving, when you hear him speaking, you have to move. Because let me tell you, friends, what you're able to do today, you may not be able to do tomorrow. So when God moves, you have to be so careful. And God is a God of grace. God is a God of second chances, right? So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Because if you've messed up before, like I have, I'm standing up here and I can tell you, I've, I've done a lot of things wrong. I've, I've blown it a lot of times. And God is so faithful and good to give us more chances. But there are times when God says, move now. Move now in a way that you haven't moved before. Because what we're able to do today, God's able to do it all day, every day. But what we're able to do today, we may not be able to do tomorrow. You guys with me? God is a God of rhythms. God is a God of God's timing. How many, are you guys glad that God is a God with perfect timing, that he doesn't go on our schedule? Sometimes it would feel so good if God would just go on our schedule when we wanted, when we said, but you know what? Sometimes I'm grateful that God doesn't go and move on my timeline. Sometimes I say, God, I don't know when the right time is. I need you to say, I need you to say. If we push and we make our thing happen, we could miss out on what God wants. And God's just saying, like, man, if you would just trust me, if you would go with my timing, if you would go with my rhythm, what I have for you, 
Some of you might say, ah, man, I'm, I, feel like, I feel like I'm at the age where I should, where I should be dating, where I should be married, where I should have kids, where I should have this figured out. God says, don't look at what other people around you are doing. Look at my timing for your life. Look at the things that I have for your life. Don't follow culture. Don't follow what, what other people say you should do. Because their knowledge, they may love you, and don't, don't get upset with them, because if they're, if they're pushing you to get married or whatever, that just means they care about you, and you know they think that marriage is the thing. Well, let me tell you, I mean, marriage is great, but uh, it doesn't make life easy. All right? The thing that we think will do it for us. God's saying, just, just give me the say for when it's going to happen, for what's going to happen, for how I'm going to move in your life. Just let go of control. God has a different way. I wonder, so when Moses saw that burning bush, it says he was, he was tending his, his sheep, his, his father-in-law. He was looking at the... After their flock, he was leading them somewhere. He was following some sheep when he saw Jesus, you know, set that bush on fire. Pretty different. 80-year-old man, burning bush. And I wonder what would have happened if Moses said, gee, that bush looks pretty wild, but I got some sheep I got to follow. Some of you guys need to stop following the sheep. And it says... It says, this is Exodus 3. It says, Moses started walking towards the burning bush. And when God saw Moses move in for a closer look, then God spoke. When God, when God moves, we have to move. Today, I'm going to ask you guys to consider making some decisions. One decision in particular. Um, can you guys stand? I just feel like... I just want to pray for you guys and with you. What I'm going to ask you guys to think about is I'm going to ask who wants to ask God to move in their lives. And you don't care how he does it. Can I see some hands? Just who wants God's move? Who wants a fresh move, a different move, a new way to see God move in their life, a new way to hear God speak to them? Maybe some of us have been caught up in our comfort zone. But I want you guys to know that God has something different for you. God has a different way for you. So I'm just going to pray, and then I'm done. And I'm not going to make you guys repeat after me or anything, but just as I'm praying, I'm going to stand in the gap for you guys. And I just want you to say, as, I'm, as the words are coming out of my mouth, say, God, that's me. God, that's me. I want that. Dear God, I thank you so much that you are a God who moves. You are a God who does move in fire. You are a God who does move in, in, in earthquakes and, and in shaking and, and in goosebumps and, and in feelings, but you are also a God who moves in whispers. You are a God who moves in signs and wonders. You are a God who speaks to us through people, God. 
Some of us have, have shut people out and won't listen to people, but God, you speak through your people. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to your people right now. I pray and open heaven over this room right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for revelation, God, for fresh revelation, for a fresh sense of what you're doing in their lives, God. I pray that this week that you would give an open ear to everyone who wants it, Help us to open our spiritual ears so that we can hear you like we've never heard you before, God. Open up our spiritual eyes so that we can see you like we've never seen you before, God. You have new things. You have new dimensions. You have ways that we have never even seen before. God, I don't want to see the same thing that I saw last week. I don't want to see the same thing that I saw a year ago. And I don't want to be struggling this year with the same thing I was struggling with last year. I don't want to be believing for the same thing this year that I was believing for last year. I don't want to be battling the same battle that I was facing last year as I am this year, God. I want to keep on moving from glory to glory, God. I want you to move in my life in a different way, God. I want to see your glory happen in my life, God. I want to see it so much that it pours out onto the people around me, God, and that I could just continue to see new levels of you, Lord. I ask that you would move in these people's lives, God, and I, and I rebuke anything between us and heaven that would, that would slow down the answer, God, that would slow down your word, God. I pray open airwaves between us and heaven, God. We thank you for what you're going to do, God, and I just believe in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm calling somebody out here, God, that you are going to call somebody who thought they were done and you are going to call them back into ministry, God. You're going to call them back into lives changed, God. You're going to call them back into transforming people, into the business of showing people who you are, God. I pray for new levels for each person in this room, God. And I pray breakthrough on breakthrough on breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys.